Let us pray. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. My good friend, Jean, who lives across the river in Ortega and was a parishioner at St. Mark's Church when I served as the associate rector there about a decade ago, always had a challenge for me to just one Sunday climb up into the pulpit at St. Mark's and preach a sermon with only one word. He also wanted me to have a microphone in my hand when I said that single word so that I could say the word with authority and with certainty and then, like a rock star, drop my microphone on the floor and walk back to my seat in triumph. Considering that just like all saints, we did not use handheld mics when preaching at St. Mark's, I wasn't exactly sure how I was to pull off what Gene wanted me to do. There's just something about saying a word and dropping a a headset mic that just doesn't seem to have the same kind of effect. And Gene also always had the one single word that he thought I should say in that sermon. Love. So Gene, this one's for you. Love. Oh, I forgot to go sit down after that. Sorry. I know there are a few of you out there sitting in the pews or watching online that probably disappointed I didn't go sit down. And that's okay. I always told Gene that as many people as would think that was the coolest thing ever, probably a whole lot more people would not get it and not really be impressed. So Gene, if you're watching this right now, sorry I didn't really stick with the well-thought-out plan that you had for this. But here's the thing, if there were ever a church service during a church year when that idea might just work, this service, Monday, Thursday, would be it. For everything that we acknowledge and observe, everything we hear, read, or sing, or pray is about God's incredible love on this night, love that was so great that God himself came down to walk among us so that in the most pure act of sacrificial love, he might take on all our sins and betrayals and walk into that which frightens us and robs us of everything, death, in order to undo death so that we, God's most beloved, might be restored and able to have life that never ends. As Jesus will say in the discourse, we hear him begin this evening, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's what is beginning again this night. And it begins because we are God's friends. And God loves us so much that he is willing to lay down his own life to save us. And if God loves us that much, and the way of God is the way of love, then ought we to show this world who we truly 
are by engaging in sharing in that kind of selfless, sacrificial servant loves ourselves for our neighbors and for everyone we meet. Jesus certainly seems to be telling us that on this, his final night before his painful crucifixion. It's on this sacred night that Jesus calls his friends together to celebrate the Passover meal and then takes his body and transforms his body into blo- and blood into bread and wine to show his disciples just how he is to be poured out for them and for everyone always until he comes again. To pour yourself out to feed the world and to wash away the world's sins and iniquities is some pretty serious love. And that would have been enough. But in the Gospel of John, we just heard Jesus goes one step further. The Gospel tonight says that during supper, Jesus got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. I would say that for most of us, sharing food would have certainly been enough. But for Jesus, he wanted to go even farther and show his love in the most selfless way imaginable. Certainly just a few days before that, His disciples had watched his dear friend, Mary of Bethany, sister of Martha and of Lazarus, who Jesus had raised from the dead, get down on her own hands and knees and pour expensive oil on Jesus's feet and wipe it with her hair. I'm sure the disciples that watched it, maybe just like Judas, had thought it was a little bit ridiculous. Maybe it was a little bit wasteful or perhaps it was just plain gross. I mean, Jesus' feet walk through the same mud and dirt and God knows what as all the rest of the disciples. Perhaps Jesus recognized that disgust and that disapproval. So Jesus tonight wants to show them what kind of love it takes to get down and wash someone else's feet. I have to tell you that this evening I'm going to be missing the opportunity to engage in foot washing with all of you. For me, as soon as I get down on my knees and I wash someone else's feet, whether it's Mark's feet, who's my deacon and my friend, or Audrey's feet, who's my best friend and my wife, or a stranger's feet, just because I want to feel and understand what Jesus calls me to do, as soon as I take part in that, I feel overwhelmed by true love. We are proud people, that's for sure. And I tell you what, to wash someone else's feet is the best thing possible to destroy that useless and unfounded pride. And the older I get, the more I'm reminded every year on Monday, Thursday, that maybe it is washing someone's feet right now. But somewhere in the future, someone we we love may need much more of their body washed as they suffer with age or sickness or injury. I will never forget Audrey sitting next to me as I sat shaking and naked in a bathtub for what was to be my first bath after my brain surgery six years ago. She was nine months pregnant at the time. And and to sit on a hard footstool and reach across a bathtub was not the easiest thing for her to do 
at that point in her life. And yet she loved me so much. She sat on that stool next to that bathtub for probably half an hour. And she helped me wash my hair. And she helped me wash my back ever so slowly as was needed because I could not do it in that moment by myself. You just would never know what it is truly like to be helpless and vulnerable and embarrassed until you yourself find yourself so sick and in such pain that you have to depend on someone else to help you bathe. You also, I believe, will not understand just how deep and selfless selfless and unquestionable love can be until it is done for you by someone who is doing it because they wouldn't think about not doing it for you. That's what real love is. That's when love goes beyond the love of Hallmark cards and beyond the love of youthful attractions and the springtimes we enjoy in our lives. That's when love becomes something else, something infinitely deeper, something that begins to reveal what God truly is and what God created you and me to be also. That's the very kind of God Jesus came down to reveal to the world. A God who would give up his omnipotent divinity in a heartbeat just to get down on a dirty floor on his holy hands and knees to wash the feet of the very living beings God himself created. And God did it on this night to show the world how much he loves us and just how we as his followers should love and serve each other. When that night was all finished, Jesus must have looked out at all those faces of his disciples sitting there in what must have been shock and concern. And Jesus asked them the very question that I believe Jesus still asks us on this night every single year. Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. That, brothers and sisters, I truly and firmly believe more than ever is the true heart of our Christian faith. And it is given to us to show us just how we are to become true disciples of Jesus Christ. If Jesus did all of this for you and for me, we must in turn turn around and do our best to do it for everyone we come in contact. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. Certainly our friends and our family and our fellow churchgoers and the people that we find ourselves feeling comfortable being around. But also everyone means those people that we don't know, who we haven't met who don't go to the church we go to, and who we may not feel the safest when we come in contact with. People we may not even like, strangers, outsiders, and those who don't think the same way we think, don't vote the same way we vote, don't love the same way we love, or come to the same place, or from the same place that we come from. To be a Christian 
and a true follower of Jesus Christ, we have to give up everything else and try our best to love as close as we can to how Jesus loved. And that, brothers and sisters, means loving and serving and reaching out to everyone. For as Jesus says to us again on this Monday, Thursday, I have set an example that you also should do as I have done to you. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And tomorrow we will come to an even greater act of sacrificial love, a love that's given for you, a love that's given for me, a love that's given for each other, and a love that is given for the whole world. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Gene was right. Love. Amen.